This is Nuclear Knowledge. A production of the National Institute for Deterrence Studies. Welcome back to another episode of Nuclear Knowledge, a podcast of the National Institute for Deterrent Studies, where we always encourage you to think deterrence. I, of course, am Adam Lowther, and today on Nuclear Knowledge, I want to talk to you about the conflict pyramid. Now, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes, and I want you to imagine a pyramid. Now, that pyramid has five layers. Now, the capstone of that pyramid, that layer at the top, is nuclear. Because this is a conflict pyramid, after all. So that capstone is nuclear. Now, if you think about the pyramid, and you think about two arrows, one arrow going up the pyramid to the capstone, and that is most dangerous. And then I want you to think about on the other side of the pyramid, an arrow going from the top to the bottom. And that is the most likely. So the capstone, nuclear war, is the most dangerous, but least likely. Now below the capstone is our next layer. That layer is major conflict, great power wars. So you can think about World War I, or World War II, those would be major conflicts. We used to call it MCO. Now, below that level are limited conflicts. And of course, those are not world wars, but for the players, or at least one of the players, they can be an all or nothing fight. So if you think about the war in Vietnam, the con- Vietnam conflict, Uh, the Korean conflict, Afghanistan. Those were limited conflicts. They were particularly limited for the United States, for Vietnam, South Korea, and the Afghan Taliban. Those were all-or-nothing wars, but they were limited in their scope and scale. And then, so that's our third level, nuclear, major conflict, limited conflict. And then below that is insurgencies. And insurgencies, of course, are serious for the population in which the insurgency is taking place. So if you think about the insurgency in Algeria that the French fought in the 1960s, that insurgency was significant for the entire country. And then it was also significant for France, but it was less than a limited conflict in Vietnam or Korea, for example. And then at the bottom of the pyramid, the base layer is terrorism. And so terrorism is the most likely form of conflict, but it's the least dangerous. So picture that pyramid that I've laid out for you. At the top, the capstone is nuclear. Then the second layer is major conflicts. Then limited or lesser conflicts. Then insurgencies. And then finally, at the bottom, is terrorism. 
Now, for the United States, we have ultimately achieved our objective, and that is we have pushed our adversaries, those of whom would seek to wage war with the United States, we have pushed them to the level that they are largely engaged in terrorism. Now, I would submit to you that I love terrorism. Terrorism is a good thing. Now, that may sound ridiculous, but stick with me. So terrorism is a good thing because it means your adversary cannot engage in nuclear war against you, cannot engage in major conflicts and world wars against you, cannot engage in limited conflicts against you, and is not engaging in an insurgency. You have been successful in pushing your adversary to only exercise violence in the least dangerous type of conflict that is available because terrorism is not an existential threat to the United States. So ultimately, what I would submit to you is that terrorism is victory because you're never going to be able to prevent an adversary from engaging in any kind of violence whatsoever. I mean, we've never been able to stop crime. We've never been able to stop murder. And we really don't expect to be able to. In, in a similar fashion, our adversaries are always going to be able to exercise the outlet of violence. And if we can do that in the form of terrorism, that's a victory for the United States. Now, I want to offer an alteration to the conflict pyramid. And I want to do it because of what Russia has been achieving in, let's say, Crimea, for example, or in some of the meddling in elections, or in some of its other endeavors in other parts of Europe. That is, of course, hybrid warfare. So for a great power like Russia, hybrid warfare, in which it is neither nuclear nor major nor limited, it is somewhere between terrorism and a great power conflict. It is a low level of violence in which Russia is trying to achieve its objectives. Now, of course, in the Ukraine, this is not hybrid warfare. This would be, you know, a limited conflict or depending upon whose perspective, a major conflict. But it is this alternative for great powers who want to be able to change the status quo that they are now engaging in hybrid warfare. Now, China has its own version of hybrid warfare. And then if you think back to our conflict period, pyramid, we are at a point in which we may need to create an additional level in that pyramid that incorporates hybrid warfare into the pyramid. Perhaps it should sit above insurgency. And as we think about warfare in the future with the conflict pyramid as our illustration of the levels of conflict, we also might want to think about some other changes. So, for example, 
We've traditionally thought about nuclear as strategic nuclear exchange, ICBMs flying across the poles. But what if we need to segregate that nuclear capstone and have strategic at the very top and then below and then at the bottom of the nuclear capstone, we need to have a layer for tactical nuclear war because the Russians and the Chinese have low yield non-strategic nuclear weapons that they may think they can use that will, will have very low yields, one kiloton, five kilotons, for example, in small numbers that they don't think will lead to strategic nuclear war. So that's something we might need to be thinking about. We also need to think about does the addition of cyber and space, how does that shape the conflict pyramid? Do cyber attacks belong in major conflict, limited conflict? Can they be added at every level of warfare? The same for space. So we have some new additions, some new capabilities, some new theories and types of warfare that we need to think about as we think through the conflict pyramid and how it should be structured. Hopefully you find this uh, at least a little bit informative as you try to think about the levels of warfare. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Nuclear Knowledge. A production of the National Institute for Deterrence Studies.